everything has something to do with Craig David. I watched the Tetris film, which I highly recommend. Is it confusing at the beginning? The narrative kind of jumps about a bit initially, so I did find it a little bit confusing, but eventually it fell into place. It's a tasty morsel of beef. The stakes are very high. I might have mumbled something about the square root. That sounds painful. How awkward was Monday morning on a scale of 1 to 10? This podcast was recorded remotely and may contain adult language and themes. Hello and welcome to TV DNA, our weekly spoiler-free watch list. My name's Adam Henning and I've been joined by Damien Cooper. Hello! And returning to the pod after a brief absence, it's Chloe Wade. Hello, nice to be back. How are you doing, Chloe? Very well, thank you. All the better for seeing your two beautiful faces, albeit virtually. Oh, you charmer. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to be discussing our featured show this week i'm all right thanks adam yeah i'm, I'm well thank you for asking yeah <laughs> yeah how's how's the memory nothing important that you've forgotten to do recently i'm, I'm worried i fucked up now well our, our ted lasso episode came out a little bit later than we we anticipated <laughs> air our dirty laundry and probably like this adam <laughs> adam sent me a message saying was it on Friday? Saying, oh, how are you getting on with the Ted Lasso edit? Do you want a hand? I'm happy to do it. I realised that I'd forgotten <laughs> two days later. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, sorry, Damo. Good to hear that you're well. What was I saying? Our featured episode, Beef. May feel like we've got a beef with each other on this podcast, but we're all friends, I assure you. We'll be talking about that in a little while. We're just uh, hanging on for Izzy Dixon to join us, which she will be doing imminently. So I thought before we got to that, we could ask Chloe, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well, I've been watching some really good TV recently, actually. I can highly recommend Swarm on Amazon Prime because I've just finished the whole series and this is the new Donald Glover and Janine Neighbours series. And just to say the words, who's your favourite artist, for anyone who's watched it, it will now send a shiver down my spine if anybody asks me that question. It's Dominique Fishback who plays the main girl, Dre. And I guess it's just about an obsessed fan who goes to these violent lengths for her favourite singer, uh, Niger. And there's no secret that this is in reference to the Beehive and to Beyonce's fan base. And it's just fab. It has to be asked, who is your favourite artist? Niger. <laughs> Don't say anything else <laughs> apart from this fictional artist, just in case what happens to me. I do also really like Queen Bee, obviously Beyonce. But really, it's, it's such a great programme. And what you think it's going to be is not that. That's all I can kind of say about it. I guess if you've seen any of the Donald Glover stuff, I haven't seen Atlanta, but I know he's known for his meta in terms of form, in terms of like casting. And this is just it. Like it's about a pop star and they cast a pop star's prodigy. They cast Chloe Bailey, who's Beyonce's prodigy. A pop star, Billie Eilish, who plays this amazing cult leader, really interesting character. And the daughter of a pop icon, Paris Jackson, who's Michael Jackson's daughter. Um, so the casting itself is just meta. And there's a whole episode that's done like a true crime series as well. And it just gets you questioning what's real? How reliable is this narrator? Who is real? And I, I've seen about, I've talked about three people who've watched it so far. I'm desperate to talk to more people about it because 
I think that ending is deliberately open so you can make your own interpretation of it. And everyone that I've talked to has had a different interpretation. And I think it's brilliant. So I can highly, highly recommend it. I think it's something like six episodes. It's not a lot. Easily watchable. And one of the best acting performances from Dominique Fishback. She's amazing. That's um, a brilliant recommendation. Yeah. What genre are we in with this show? Is this a comedy, drama, horror? Uh, that's really interesting. I would say a black comedy horror, probably, if I had to choose one. Yeah. And then apart from that, I've... I watched Pretty Baby, the documentary on Disney Plus. That's the Brooke Shields documentary. That was really interesting and um, covered a lot of things from her career as a child star to the relationship with her mother. She talks about her sexual assault, which she's never previously talked about, I don't believe. Relationships. um, She's known for like her work around postnatal depression, her family now. And it's, yeah. It's really, really fascinating documentary and it ends around like a kitchen table with her husband and her two daughters who are young teenagers now and one who wants to go into modelling. And they have like a really great discussion around the table about her career and about Pretty Baby and whether that kind of film would be made nowadays because she was 11 when she did that. And I have seen Pretty Baby, but a long time ago. And just seeing some of the footage that comes back through from that and from her other early movies when she was just a young teen it's you can't imagine that that would ever be made today and she just comes across so lovely and so intelligent and it's a really great documentary it's split over two episodes but I really enjoyed that as well so I can recommend if you're a fan of your documentaries and Brooke Shields because it's great to see her having her renaissance era again like my Pamela Anderson yay fab Great stuff. And how about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, I've been fairly busy over this uh, Easter weekend. So I've watched the first couple of episodes of Blue Lights, which is on iPlayer, set in a police... So There's basically three trainee police officers in Northern Ireland in Belfast, and as they're kind of going through their training and everything as the troubles start to reignite, set in the modern day, Quite good. Uh, I think it's your classic six or maybe eight-part iPlayer, possibly even Sunday night, 9 p.m. vibes. So that's quite good. I watched the Tetris film on Apple, which I highly recommend. I think it's brilliant, really enjoyable. I think it's an hour and 40, uh, maybe hour and 50. Lots of great, great performances. Yes. Is, is it confusing at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, the narrative kind of jumps about a bit initially, so I did find it a little bit confusing, but eventually it fell into place. (laughs) I've already made that joke in the WhatsApp group, which is why I got absolutely no reaction from everyone. Oh, it's just a shit joke. We've now been joined by Izzy Dixon. I'll introduce her so she she may speak uh, and react to Damien's bad jokes. Uh, How you doing, Izzy? I'm good. See, Damien, I would have laughed, but yeah, I haven't been introduced yet. I didn't want to be like the phantom voice. <laughs> Before we come back to you, Izzy, anything else, Damien, that you've been watching? Uh, so I think we're going to talk about the other shows that I've been watching. So I've watched the entirety of Rain Dogs on iPlayer. Didn't particularly like it. I know, Adam, you enjoyed it very much. Well, I watched the first episode. It felt a bit like poverty porn. It's quite bleak and I didn't find it particularly funny. But I did think it set up a whole load of quirky characters from, you know, evicted scratch card buying 100 days sober mother Costello Jones, who's trying to find a place to stay and somewhere for Iris, her daughter, to do her homework. I thought she was an interesting character. But yeah, after I got your message saying 
you didn't enjoy it I pushed it a little bit further down the list yeah that's a shame I'm so so on my watch list I'm about three episodes in I think and I have been enjoying it so far I have to say it's kind of just slightly um what's the word it's turned out to go in a different direction to what I thought it would in terms of I thought it was all going to be set in London and now it turns out it might not be and it might go off somewhere else so that was interesting to me I haven't seen the next episode after that so yeah I'll let you know what I think I think I probably will finish it just because the episodes are quite quick so I'll let you know if I agree <laughs> with you or not Demo. Fair enough I think my, my main issue with it was so I was constantly finding myself like not really understanding why a character was making a choice it seemed like it was just a choice in order to have another episode of story rather than a choice that was realistic for that character to make I don't know uh there's a obviously there's a couple of big moments I do think are handled well but there were there were countless times I go but but you wouldn't do that or why would you say that or but if your kid's your priority that that makes no sense that you would do that that was my only problem but as we all know I'm a miserable old bitch so it could be that Demo Downer this is very much on my list to watch because I love Daisy May Cooper. I think she's great. And if anyone hasn't watched the Taskmaster series she's in, I think it is the best of the Taskmaster series. It's really, really good. But I have to say what's put me off is that it just looks really, really bleak. And I don't know after The Last of Us. I'm like, and I'm watching Yellow Jackets. I'm like, how many bleak things can I handle? I think if you're a mega fan of Daisy May Cooper, then you'll probably like this because she's doing what she does. It is very much a Daisy May Cooper vehicle. And she she does what she does best. So you you probably will end up enjoying it, mate. Great. Well, I'll watch the first episode and I'll report back next week, let you guys know what I thought. Great stuff. Anything else from you, Damo? Uh, so I've been watching The Power. Episode four has dropped. Still very good. How's everyone else getting along with it? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I haven't read the book, so I've gone in completely blind. And I binge watched the first three episodes, was desperate for the fourth one to come out. But yeah, I'm excited to see where it's gonna go and I'm not sure when the book was written a good few years ago wasn't it but it's just so relevant um to today especially when it jumps around to the different countries and what's happening in the world today as well so I'm yeah I'm very much enjoying it I've still only watched episode one because I had a really busy week last week and I I think I missed talking about it last week because I couldn't come on for that bit of the podcast but I loved episode one I thought it was great so Probably my plan tonight is to watch episodes two and three. So I'm ready for episode four and caught up. But it's great. And I, I'm i a big fan of the book. Um, I read it in 2018, which was probably around the time it came out, maybe a bit after. But I really recommend the book as well. And I think it's a really, really good adaptation. Yeah, I concur. Watched episode four and still thoroughly enjoying The Power. And the last thing that I've been watching is Beef. Yes. I have also been watching Beef really early episodes though, so I'm probably about two episodes in, but I am enjoying the whole premise and the amazing comedic acting in it. Yeah, I'm excited to see how far this beef is going to go. <laughs> I haven't got to episode six. It, it definitely goes quite some distance. Let's introduce this then. So this is our featured uh, show of the watch list. Um, this is on Netflix and stars Stephen Yoon and Ali Wong. They get into this road rage incident and things spiral from there. It's very funny. We meet a whole load of different characters and their stories are so intertwined in delicious ways, I think. It's a tasty morsel of beef. Let's get some thoughts from other people. How far into it are you, Dizzy? Um, so I've just watched episode one. I watched it yesterday and I loved it. I thought it was great. I have to say the first like 10 minutes, I was a bit unsure. 
and then by the end of the episode I was totally won over it was so just such a great ending um and I'm really excited to see how far it's going to escalate but I'm a I'm a huge Ali Wong fan I think she's brilliant she's in a a Netflix rom-com called Always Be My Maybe which I really recommend it's great it's like even if you don't like rom-coms which I'm not a huge huge fan it's just a really funny well-written film so yeah highly recommend she does a lot of great stuff she does. I agree with that. Um, she's one of like my favourite comedians as well. So, and I haven't seen that film. So thank you for the recommendation because I will definitely watch that. Yeah, I think it is good. I'm enjoying it. I think the episodes are a bit too long for me at the moment. Um, I have to spend, I can't remember how long they are altogether, but I do have to spend a bit of time. It's not like a 20 minute quick thing, but I think it's just so relatable. I mean, the amount of times I've got so angry at someone and the rest of the day I've spent plotting in my mind like what I could have done or what I would do and how I'd like hunt them down and that kind of thing it's just very relatable to me and yeah I think the stakes are very high I had to put in that meat pun I'm sorry yeah it's I I mean there's a line in the first episode one of the characters says that anger is just a transitory state of consciousness but there are various reasons why these two characters Daddy and Amy are quite angry people in general as as the show goes on I think you get to really understand kind of where all of that comes from yeah what did you think Damo? I really like it so I've watched eight episodes we've really smashed through it just really good writing amazing performances I've been guffawing at so many moments that aren't even necessarily funny it's just just the way the moment has been captured is hilarious, but obviously for the characters in that moment, it isn't funny, or I'm just sick and twisted. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, it really, as you said, when you messaged me, Adam, is episode six or whatever, it really changes. And I mean, it's it's pretty bad. Something absolutely huge happens at the end of uh, episode seven and the fallout of that in eight, which is obviously then going to just go absolutely nuts in nine and ten oh it's also very well plotted as well as being well written and well performed yeah I was gonna say I really found that with this episode one there were so many so many good like I think it starts with such a bang because it starts with a road rage incident there's no sort of like preamble it's like straight into that which I loved and then just all these little things that contribute to both of them just feeling so angry in their day-to-day life are just sewn in so well and I think the bit that I was just like oh almost watching through my hands is that he, he's a handyman and the um the client he's working for is installed like the ring doorbell agrees to like do something else the next day cut down a tree or something and then overhears them talking about firing him on the doorbell and you're just like oh my god almost like brutally cringy but just great yeah there's a bit of a class divide in there as well she has a her husband mother-in-law and young daughter but she's trying to sell her business for a large amount of money to Anna Delamico from ER who was a, a big crush of mine back in the day played by Maria Bello and he has a young his younger brother his cousin who's just got out of prison and his parents stuck in Korea and he's just trying to raise enough money to build a house for them to live in. And it's kind of those those are the sort of stresses that they are both under. But they come from these very, very different worlds. And again, I think that adds to the, the tension of the relationship between them. Yeah, I think also what's quite interesting uh, that is not certainly on English speaking Netflix shows is that is also the, the differences between Daniel being Korean, American Korean. Amy is Vietnamese. American, I think, or maybe Chinese or a mix of Vietnamese and Chinese American. And her husband, 
is Japanese American. And so there's lots of other kind of really nice, small, nuanced bits where they talk about, you know, oh, he's Japanese. Does that mean blah, 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 blah? Or, you know, all is really nice. And there's a line that makes me absolutely howl about peninsula mentality that that comes around a couple of times, which is so good. Other other wonderful things about this are the, the episode titles. Really, really beautifully written episode titles that are all inspired by different books, films, other content that's out there. So I'll pop a link into this podcast description where you can find an article that explains uh, where each one comes from. But there's things like, I mean, episode one's called The Birds Don't Sing, They Screech in Pain. And episode six, which is my favourite so far, is We Draw a Magic Circle. Um, it does just perfectly encapsulate what's going on in that episode. So those are all really, really well chosen, I think. Fab, anything else on beef then? It sounds like a ringing endorsement from us. Yeah, it's great. I think it's really filling a shrinking-shaped hole for me, because obviously I finished shrinking last week, and we talked about that on the podcast. But I think it's really funny, really clever, lots to, like, chew on in a, you know, non-meaty way. Or maybe a meaty way, who knows? But yeah, it's got this really, really nice balance of being incredibly well-written, great characters, really good plotting, very funny, but also kind of leaving you thinking about stuff. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm really looking forward to, to kind of getting sunk into the rest. Grand. What else have you been watching, Izzy? So I am continuing with Daisy Jones and the Six, which I'm still really enjoying. Um, Yellow Jackets, which is getting incredibly dark. I'm really glad it comes out weekly because I, I don't think I could binge it. It's like, it's very hardcore this season. Definitely finding it a lot darker. Um, and then I've just started Schmigadoon on Apple TV+. Plus. I don't know if anyone has seen this, but it's so great. And I very much found it by accident, just sort of late night browsing. But for those who haven't watched it, it's a musical as a TV show. Have you, are you on the first series, is it, or the second on one? the first series. I'm about halfway through the first series because they're, they're not that long, are they? Um, but a friend of mine mm. really likes it. And obviously the second series has just landed. So I'm now trying to catch up to, to kind of get up to speed with that. But I loved Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is another musical TV show. Um, if anyone ever watched that, that's really, really brilliant. I think it's now not on Netflix anymore, which is a shame, but it, it was four seasons of just great, great comedy. And this is very much in that realm. So yeah, it's headed up by Lorne Michaels, who kind of is the brains behind SNL and very much is the showrunner. Sorry, showrunner behind SNL. It's got Cecily Strong and Keenan-Michael Key in and just other brilliant casting. So loads of big musical theatre stars like Kristen Chenoweth and Alan Cumming, various people like that. But it's incredibly silly, but really, really great. Yeah, I can also um, do a big endorsement for that as well. Is it um, Sonima just won the Oscar for, uh, oh, before last year, Ariana DeBose? Yeah. She's in it as well. Yeah, Jane Krasowski, it's, it's phenomenal. And if you like the first series, the second series, I'm only a few episodes in, but it's um, still musical, but Schmigadoon has gone from the 1940s musical to like the more Fosse-esque musicals, Cabaret, Chicago. It's a bit darker, but it's 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 really great. I can um, highly recommend it. It has been my new Joy series as well. You were mentioning something to take your the place from the last show you were watching this one has taken my place from Shit's Creek so it's, it's a little bit of joy that's kind of replaced my Shit's Creek haul but yeah I can recommend that as well it's totally that vibe and I think what I really like about it as someone who really likes musical theatre although I would say you don't have to to like the show it's it's very much like sitcom territory but yeah the first series is very much like Rodgers and Hammerstein um so it's you know Oklahoma and 
West Side Story and uh, South Pacific and all the sort of big 40s musicals. And then I think the new series is the sort of subtitle is Chicago, right? And they've, as you said, it's really like 19, sort of 1920s murder mystery, like lots of sexy characters. So yeah, it, it sort of pays tribute to, but also parodies the form that it's it's looking at really, really, really well. Some like very good writers on it. Well, musical theatre has been in the news quite a lot recently and not because of the introduction of Greece, Rise of the Pink Ladies on Paramount Plus TV, but more of the Twitter storm that was caused by Alison Hammond, Dermot O'Leary and the and the Felts on this morning. Did you all uh, catch catch wind of this? Yes, how could you not? It was all over my Twitter feed. My algorithm was completely messed up. And the basic story is that they were laughing at a news report that in uh, Manchester Theatre, I believe, they were the ushers of the theatre were holding up signs telling the audience not to sing along during the performance, which the hosts of this morning all found to be quite hilarious. And then those who work in musical theatre, uh, the backlash of this, uh, because apparently it is quite a large problem that audiences sort of drunkenly usually sing along to the words from the musical when it's not necessarily appropriate for them to do so. Yeah, it's a trick, wasn't it? So Alison said that she wouldn't want to go because she thinks it's boring that you can't sing along. That's what both her and Vanessa said, and Dermot O'Leary wasn't particularly vocal either way. It's tricky, right? Because if you are a producer and you're just going to keep on firing out jukebox musicals, you can't be surprised if certain members of the audience are going to treat it like a karaoke session. But obviously, I don't agree with people doing it. Friday night, this Friday night of recording, uh, people had to be physically ejected from a performance of The Bodyguard because they were drunk and singing along. Then things got violent outside and the police had to be called. I haven't seen anything from Vanessa, but both Alison Hammond and Dermot had both responded. Alison with a full apology and Dermot with a kind of half apology. So well, these things do have consequences. I need to know what the wording of the half apology was. Dermot basically said you need to watch the whole segment rather than just the clip that's been shared on, on Twitter because he was coming down on the side of, you know, you shouldn't sing along in, in, in theatres. The segment that's shared most is, is him sort of giggling like a little schoolboy. He didn't actually come out and apologise. And he made some comment about like it being OK to sing quietly. And, <laughs> and people were like, no, it's still not OK to sing quietly. Also, one man's quietly... You know, define quietly in decibels. <laughs> I mean, I do think it is really interesting as as someone who, who runs a theatre and, and, you know, we often talk about getting different audiences in to see theatre performances. We don't do a, a huge amount of musicals, but um, so we don't really have this problem. I did see one solution that was put out there that was to have sort of dedicated sing-along performances in the same way that you would have relaxed performances in, in our theatre. Um, to try and encourage different people to come along. One of the reasons I don't go and see a lot of musical theatre is because the tickets are just incredibly expensive. So I can imagine if you've paid that much money to go and see a show, you don't really want someone uh, untrained and unrehearsed singing the lyrics alongside you. But at the same time, if you want to attract more and more diverse people to the theatre, and maybe that sing-along idea for certain, you know, maybe it's one show a week is is a, a relaxed 
you can sing along show. I do think it's just all about respect really as well, isn't it? Like the general consensus that I went to see Choir of Man the other week or just at the weekend, just gone. And that was, you were very much encouraged to sing along and that was said by the actors, but there were still signs that said you are encouraged to sing along but please be respectful and essentially don't take it too far like Rocky Horror Show you're encouraged to sing along and that type of thing surely you know really when it's appropriate when you can sing along and when you can't um I've always like hated when everyone's just like shut up sit still don't rattle anything I remember the first time I went to the opera and I was scared to literally cross and uncross my legs in case someone was tutting at me for the noise that I was making. So I don't want that, but nor do I want riots to happen outside the theatre or people to sing over the lead actor because it's extremely disrespectful. So I just think, surely you know, as a normal functioning human being, what is acceptable and what isn't. And I think a lot of it is to do with alcohol consumption, to be honest, and it just goes a bit too far. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Unsurprisingly, in both big instances of certainly the bodyguard having to finish a show early is because people have gone in absolutely wasted. It's not too dissimilar from what might happen on some Ryanair flights, right? Or EasyJet, people who go to the airport and just get tanked up before they go on the plane and then act like absolute horrors, I guess, is the safest word to use. So, yeah, that's a big part of it because theatres rely so much on sales at the bar but equally, you can't be allowing people to go in absolutely smashed. It's really tricky because I think a lot of it, I mean, part of the reason I would be really annoyed if someone was singing along in, in the theatre when I was there, as Adam says, it's ticket prices. It's, it's really rare that it's a kind of cheap thing you're just doing on the fly. It's usually something you really have to like save up for. But I really love the idea of having some sing-along performances. I think that's great. I think that would really solve the problem, makes theatre accessible. And there's dedicated you know, times people can do that but you're not kind of ruining it for people who really want to be there for the experience. So I think that's a really good compromise and actually potentially could be quite lucrative for producers as well. And just a shout out to the ushers and the box office staff who are caught in the middle of all of this. You know, we stand with you and appreciate that you do a very, very difficult job, often, but not very much money. Word. Preach. So, Izzy, I interrupted your what had you been watching. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Well, you'll be very pleased to know that I have carried on watching the Great British Wallpaper Hanging Challenge, aka the Great British Interior Design Challenge, which is great. No, Interior Design Masters. See, I can't even get the title right. That's really good. That's my sort of go-to reality TV at the moment. And that has all kept me pretty... Oh, and obviously Succession, but I haven't watched this week's episode, so I can't, can't join this week because I am avoiding social media like crazy to not get spoiled apparently it's an incredible episode so wish me well I'm very excited for that yeah our, our lips are sealed about succession until we record that episode later on grand thank you very much I will try and run through my bits as quickly as I can but I have watched a fair chunk of stuff I've continued watching Great Expectations which we talked about Grace and I a couple of weeks ago self-destruction and pain are big themes in episode two episode three was the least interesting so far as we get into Pip's London education via Jaggers played by Bashi um, but I do think it is really fascinating what Stephen Knight has drawn out of the story of Great Expectations so I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it as a as a production and as a thing. So you're not disappointed by it? My expectations have been met so far if not surpassed. Something that I'm probably going to stop watching, though, is Unstable, uh, which fell off a cliff with episode three. This is the Rob Lowe Netflix comedy with Nepo Baby, John Owen Lowe, 
also performing in it. It's just the the same premise and gag from episodes one and two were rinsed and repeated so often in episode three that it fell apart in the wash. I mean, I might give it one more go, but it's definitely dropped far down the list. It's the exact opposite of Barry, which knows how to drive a comedy forward with plot, plot, plot. I've just finished the magnificent second season of Barry, ahead of season four, which comes out in about 10 days' time, I think. But yeah, it just revels in its silliness and it's not afraid to draw things out to absurd conclusions. It reminds me in that way of Triangle of Sadness and what I really loved about that. I think Barry season one is kind of setting up this whole hitman going to an actor's workshop situation, but the drama of it all that sort of unfolds over those first two seasons, I think is really, really good. So if you haven't yet watched Barry, uh, there are now... Well, there's three seasons out already, 10 episodes each season, and they're half an hour long-ish. I would highly recommend. I'm, I'm, I can see why it's been nominated so often at the Emmys and, and other places. And where can, where can you watch that, Adam? Available on Sky and Now TV currently. Last year, they, they took it down pretty much as soon as season three had completed. So it's kind of get it in while the window is there, I think. I couldn't tear myself away from the end of season two. So I'm going to try and get the third season down before season four starts. The other one I wanted to talk about quickly was Dreamland, which is also on Sky and Now TV. This is the Lily Allen show. It's about this family. Uh, She comes home. She's the black sheep of the family and comes home and her sister's pregnant. And uh, there's all sorts of wonderful comedy characters in this. But the best is Sheila Reed's Nan, who I'm going to give you a couple of lines of hers. They're looking for someone to drive. And she says, I've had eight ports, but I'll give it a go. And my other favourite was, what do you need confidence for? You're not Bradley Walsh. Sounds um, like my nan. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's really, really great. These are about 20, 25 minute episodes. Grace would call these a palate cleanser. It's really funny. There's a, a good meal deal joke. And main character's sister is having a manifestival instead of a baby shower. So she can manifest the gender of her child. But yeah, that's really good. Continuing with the dry. uh, I think by the end of episode four, you realise how quickly you've come to care for the whole family in that show. This is the Irish family with another black sheep of the family returning home who's a recovering alcoholic, similarly to rain dogs, I guess. So it feels like there's a lot of these, what we described a few weeks ago as, what was it, is he a millennial mess? Messy millennial woman. Yeah. Which I I don't love as a term, because I think all of these characters are much more complex than that. But it's interesting, I think, that rain dogs and dreamland and the dry all kind of share some common ground in that. What else have I got? 6-4, ITV crime drama 6-4 is okay. Um, it's got some of some, some of my favourite actors in there. So James Cosmo from Game of Thrones and other brilliant stuff. Alex Ferns, who's in Andor um, and EastEnders back in the day. And Vinette Robinson, who's in Boiling Point. They're all really, really good in this. The basic story of there are uh, different missing girls from different periods of time. One ages ago, one more recently, and one that happens in the first episode. And you're kind of working out whether they're all related or not. There's loads of different things going on, but I've watched three out of the four episodes so far, and it's kind of feels like it's lacking a bit of a coherent through line. So solid mystery element, but it's a little bit predictable. Kind of know pretty early on who the bad guys are. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hello? I'm slightly, I was a little bit 
behind, but I think you've come back now, Adam. (laughs) It was a little bit static for a while. Um, I'm going to go back on something, so I apologise, but I know I've missed a few TV DNA recordings, but surely Damien hasn't forgot about his Andor joke. Because you missed one there, Damo. What was happening? I thought you'd frozen. I know. For a split second, I nearly did it. And I was like, no, surely Damien will do it. Yeah, me too. Oh my God, I've I've missed it. (laughs) (laughs) You clearly weren't listening to a word I said, right? You switched off. No. No. (laughs) I I was listening. But I think because I was losing you, you 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 got a bit roboty for me, so that's probably why I didn't hear it. Yeah, that's that was my epic journey through the stuff that I've been watching. Um, we've now been joined by Neil Shepek. Nice to see you. <laughs> Great. We're going to run through what's coming up over the next week. Go for it, Chloe. Tell us about Obsession. Okay, perfect. So this is a new show that's coming to Netflix Thursday the 13th of April this week. Woo. It's about a respected London surgeon's affair with his son's fiance, which turns into an erotic infatuation that threatens to change their lives forever. It is adapted from the novel Damage by Morgan Lloyd Malcolm. And it was also a 1992 film starring Jeremy Irons and Juliette Binoche. It stars Charlie Murphy, you might know as Anne Gallagher from Happy Valley, Richard Armitage, Indira Varma, and yeah, it looks really great. I know they had the premiere recently. I think this is going to be, they're doing a lot of PR and advertising around it, so I think it's going to be a big show, fingers crossed. So is this going to be like an old school Channel 5 erotic thriller then? I don't know whether it has the Channel 5 vibes or not. Actually, that's selling it even more to me if it does, because I love a good Channel 5 melodrama. I think it's meant to be a bit more serious than that, but who knows? So I just want to clarify, the the original novel, Damage, is what's been adapted by Morgan Lloyd Malcolm, um, who we all know is a a brilliant uh, playwright and screenwriter. Now, I've got a story about this because when the film Damage came out in 1992, I was a wee 16-year-old. One of the things we liked to do as 16-year-olds was go to the cinema to see 18-rated films um, because it was all very, very exciting. We only had four or five channels at home to watch. So I went along with a mate to the cinema. I had no idea what we were going to see. My mate had picked the film Damage for us to see, probably just because it was the only 18 on at the time. So I went into the cinema, sat down in a fairly crowded theatre, movie theatre, and uh, it turned out that I was sat next to my maths teacher. And then I then had to watch the whole of the film Damage with Jeremy Irons and Juliette Binoche getting her kit off fairly regularly and having sex in various places, sat next to my maths teacher. Did you not remark on her subtracting her clothes and the two of them multiplying as much as they could? I might have mumbled something about the square root. Oh, gosh, that sounds painful. How awkward was Monday morning on a scale of one to ten? It was a a 12, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> no, she was a good laugh. Shout out to Sheila Ryder, my maths teacher. We always had a lot of fun and laughing a joke. And uh, she took it all very well. So, my name's Ryder. And she took it very well. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, but I think this is going to... I'm, I'm going to be watching Obsession. I think it looks really good. I'm a big fan of Charlie Murphy and Indira Varma. Yeah, looking forward to that one. The, the film was, was good. I don't think it was particularly well-received back in the day, but uh, it was a strong film. What I'm most excited about, though, this week is Colin from Accounts. Uh, it's not a sequel to The Consultant that we talked about a few weeks ago, but it is an Australian comedy which features Ashley and Gordon who are brought together by a car accident and an injured dog and they have to learn to navigate life together while showing their true selves, scars and all. Um, So this has been out in Australia 
uh, a few years ago, I think, or maybe even last year. But it's coming to BBC Two on Tuesday, the 11th of April, and it stars real-life couple Harriet Dyer and Patrick Bramall. Uh, I really enjoyed the trailer for this, and I think, again, it's going to be another good palate cleanser. Damien, do you want to tell us about this, The Last Kingdom? Yeah, well, I was about to say, this is something I'm very excited about as a fan of Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Yes, on the 14th of April on Netflix, The Last Kingdom, Seven Kings Must Die drops. Uh, following the death of King Edward, invaders and rival heirs do battle for the crown. Uhtred and his comrades strive to form a united England. So The Last Kingdom has had, I think, four, maybe five series that are all available on Netflix. They're all very good. The novels were written by Bernard Cromwell, who also wrote Sharp, uh, which obviously infamously starred King of the North, Sean Bean. And I do uh, heavily recommend going back and watching from the beginning because I think it's a really well-made, I'd say mid-budget drama with lots of great UK talent. And I don't, I can't remember if you said because I stopped listening, but Netflix on the 14th of April is when the movie comes out. That is indeed correct. I did say that. Did you? Uh, yeah, thank you for reminding our listeners of that. This is something I think I'm going to watch. The Last Thing He Told Me, which is on Apple TV+, Plus, also coming out on Friday, 14th of April. And this stars Jennifer Garner, uh, Nicolaj Costa-Waldo, and it's exec produced by Reese Witherspoon, who I, I think a lot of the stuff she produces is fantastic. Big fan of her production company, which I think she's now sold. Um, but they did Big Little Lies and kind of a whole host of other great stuff the morning show and that's also her so this is about hannah who has to forge a relationship with her 16 year old stepdaughter bailey to find the truth behind why her husband has mysteriously disappeared so yeah i think this it looks like a kind of fun detective big little lies style gripping tv show maybe without being too you know gory and in the woods bit so yeah I'm, I'm quite excited for this yeah this is a book that I have read and I would highly recommend so I hope that it, they've done it just this with the tv show but yeah it is very much a mystery um it's not not at all gory or anything like that it's a bit twisty and turny from what I remember a little bit dark at times but not majorly um it's it was a really great book like really good mystery thriller I would say from what I can remember it's sort, sort of got a bit of a gone girl vibe from the trailer I felt yeah so yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And and yeah, um, Hello Sunshine, Reese Witherspoon's production company, adapt a lot of books, and they're always novels that are usually by women and have a kind of female centric characters. That's sort of the aim of the company. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, I think, I think that the nice twist on this is the stepmother stepdaughter duo as the kind of central figures in the show. I think is really good and interesting. Finally, then this week on Sunday the 16th of April, we've got the Hunt for Raoul Moat. Uh, this is a three-parter from the writer of Anne, uh, Kevin Sampson. Anne was the show that was out in 2021, I want to say. Uh, it was a three-parter about the Hillsborough tragedy. Uh, it's also by World Productions, who are behind Line of Duty, etc. Based on real-life events, uh, it's the infamous 2010 manhunt, which went down in history as Britain's biggest. But the new drama seeks to tell the story through the eyes of those who tried to bring a violent killer to justice. It says in the notes that it stars Lee Ingleby, but I'm assuming he's not playing Gaza. Do we know who's playing Gaza? Uh, I don't think Gaza appears. I think he's mentioned a little bit in this. But yeah, famously, Paul Gascoigne. Do you remember this story, Damo? Yeah. So Paul Gascoigne uh, says that he did a hell of a lot of cocaine and he thought that maybe he would be the person to talk Raoul Moat out of hiding. And so he turned up at like three in the morning with a couple of fishing rods, I think. 
uh, and some beers, maybe even some Newcastle brown ales, and said, oh, come on, man, we'll just go fishing. Everything will be all right. Yes. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. Apparently he was convinced that he'd gone to school with uh, Mr Moats, but he hadn't at all. I'm going to be so sad if that's not in this. What a plot twist. Raoul Moats uh, shot three people and the, the kind of story became more about Paul Gascoigne and less about what this guy had done. So I think he is relegated to a mention in this uh, ITV show. But yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. And I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed Anne. I thought it was brilliant and well put together. So I may well check that out. Finally, then, quick mention that the fifth and final season of The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel comes out on Prime Video on the 14th of April. I look forward to watching that. Uh, I've been a massive fan of Marvellous Mrs. Maisel, um, so I'm looking forward to the last final season. I also think it's a good time for it to come to an end, if I'm completely honest, because I feel like they have gone as far as they can in terms of certain characters but um it's always been a great show so I'm looking forward to that one so this is a good incentive for me to catch up because I watched season one and two and loved them and then I think it's on prime video and I think I gave up my prime subscription so I just sort of fell off the wagon with it but I do have access to prime now so might <laughs> might go back and catch up I do think the pilot of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is the best tv pilot I think I've ever seen I think it is so well plotted so well written it's just, it's just a really, really, if you, if you only watch that episode, just as a kind of masterclass in really good TV pilots, I would highly recommend it. Grand. Well, we are running a little bit long. Oh, Damien? Sorry, this doesn't have to be in the edit. My, my question, Izzy, is after saying that you think it's the best pilot ever, do you think it's even better than the West Wing pilot? I actually do. I think the West Wing pilot is very good, but I actually don't think it's the strongest West Wing episode. It's, it's really great, but I think... It was maybe episode there's oh, episode three or four of season one of The West Wing was when I was like, yeah, this is great and got fully locked in. It wasn't that first episode from memory. It's very good. I love good. The West Wing, but, but having, well, what are they even called? The little beepers on your belt. Oh, pages. Yeah. I came to The West very Wing quite late, time. but that really dated certainly the the initial series. There's um there's a great bit in series one where they're like something's leaked onto the internet and they're like, oh no, it's on the internet. That means it'll be all over the papers tomorrow. <laughs> Social media didn't even exist then. It's great. But no, very, very good pilot, but marvellous Mrs. Maisel does stop it. If you haven't already talked about Rise and Fall, can I maybe mention that? Okay, so I've never really been much of a reality TV person. I've watched the occasional Love Island. I've watched the occasional Strictly Come Dancing. I watched the first Big Brother, which I thought was genuinely inventive and, you know, kind of explored, I guess, individual politics within a house like that. But the traitors did hook me back to reality tv and my family and different friends have all said that rise and fall is amazing so i've kind of binged it over the last couple of days and i'm not sure it's as good as traitors but it's definitely addictive it's got a, a very i guess socialist theme to it and uh, it deals with rulers and grafters i.e upper class and lower class but yeah if you haven't watched it, it's it's not like a Love Island or Strictly Come Dancing. It's actually quite interesting how the politics work within the different groups. You said the show was called Rise and Fall. I just wonder if that had anything to do with the song by Craig David featuring Sting. 
Well, of course he does. Everything has something to do with Craig David. I've been saying this for years, <laughs> but no one would listen. Neil, thank you. Just got this vision of the Illuminati does exist and Craig David's right at the head of it. <laughs> we've been running a little long, so I'm going to suggest that we, we maybe pick one piece of news each to cover from the list because I've got a lengthy news list here. Has anyone got anything they want to kick us off with? Otherwise, I'll talk about Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, basically from Star Wars Celebration, which happened this weekend, uh, we got the Ahsoka trailer uh, that sh- and the announcement that that show's coming in August. Uh, it looks brilliant. Lars Mikkelsen is going to play Thrawn. For Star Wars fans, is a big, big character. We also learned that Daisy Ridley is going to star in a new movie about the new Jedi Order, not the new Order, which will take place at the furthest point in the timeline. So after episode nine of the main Star Wars films. And finally, the Andor season two won't be coming until August 2025. Oh, no. I, I, I'm going to have to hibernate. <laughs> I know. We're going we're, we're gonna to put an embargo on, on use of the title Andor to save us from hearing the Andor what gag uh, ad infinitum. Because I don't think we can keep that running gag going until 2025. Oh, we you can. little faith. It can be resurrected, surely. What you've missed out, Adam, is Star Wars Visions Season 2 or Volume 2. So the first Visions was a collection where basically they gave a whole load of anime artists, directors. They they were all animated and some of them were amazing, particularly the first one. Um, But they're doing a second one with nine different anime companies. And yeah, I know not all of you (laughs) are into animated Star Wars, but they're really good. They generally are. And that's coming out on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th or what? (laughs) May the 4th or is there a news item you'd like to talk about? Well, yes, actually, Adam. Thank you. There is. I'd like to talk about, uh, I'm a big fan of Mae Martin. I saw her show, Sap, at the Soho Theatre. But she has a new show called Tall Pines, which is a thriller about teen industry. That sounds great. I also heard just over an hour ago, this was, that Kim Kardashian is going to be in the new series of American Horror Story. So just wanted to add that to the mix. Breaking news, season 12 of American Horror Story will star Emma Roberts and Kim Kardashian. You're welcome. Isn't that just keeping up with the Kardashians? (laughs) (laughs) That is an American Horror Story, surely. (laughs) I've never kept up with the Kardashians. Aren't they um, a race in the Star Trek? franchise <laughs> well, maybe but the, the Cardassians slightly different pronunciation <laughs> anyone else got any news they want to cover yeah I'm very excited that Secret Invasion Marvel's latest TV show has a release date 21st of June that's very exciting I feel like it's been kind of a little while since we've had a Marvel TV show they were like banging them out pretty regularly and yeah that, that feels like it's been a bit of hiatus this has definitely been the biggest gap between Marvel TV shows and Secret Invasion was put back. So I don't know whether that's because they were issues with the SFX, the special effects and that sort of stuff. But um, yes, I'm incredibly excited about Secret Invasion coming. Also, Wonder Man has begun production, which is another Marvel TV show. And it's been announced that Ben Kingsley will be coming back as Trevor Slattery. 
which is the role he yes. started in Iron Man and continued in Shang-Chi. Uh, I love that character so much. I'm so glad it's coming back. I actually also saw some hot gossip on um, Demois, uh, the classic gossip Instagram site that I know I've mentioned many times on the podcast because I'm obsessed with it. Daredevil is getting rebooted, which I'm very excited about. And apparently, apparently there have been hints that Spider-Man might appear in that. So they might be bringing lots more stuff into that universe, which I'm very excited about. So great Marvel Newsweek all in all very excited for that talk about things that gets us excited our uh, previous episode where adam and grace spoke to andy wilson uh, i highly recommend people listen to that the director uh, and legend behind the series unforgotten news that broke last week that series five was a great success and so series six has been commissioned or season six for our friends across the pond which will be taking them to the united states of america so if people wanted to listen to more of our previous podcasts how would they do that adam You can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts just by searching TV Space DNA. Uh, You can also get in touch with us. If you're having difficulties finding us, do get in touch with us on the socials, TV DNA pod on all good platforms. Or you can email, as Andy Wilson did, tvdnapod at gmail.com. So just just because it needs it needs to be said, fan of the pod, legendary TV director, Andy Wilson. Indeed. Well, I'll give that a go. I'll see if I can listen to some of our previous podcasts. Yeah, they're quite good, Neil. You, you know, there's some of them that you feature on. Oh, wow. No, we've got loads and loads. We've got 170-odd episodes now we've done on shows like Better Call Saul, The Walking Dead, The White Lotus, House of the Dragon, loads of great stuff, loads of great content. And we've got more coming up. We've got Ted Lasso, Mandalorian, Succession, and we promise we're going to put a Yellow Jackets episode out soon. <laughs> Anything else from anyone else? Sorry, some really last bit of news that I need to say because it brought me so much joy. Jinx Monsoon is going to be playing a major role in the next Doctor Who series, which I am so excited about. And it is Jinx Monsoon as well, not out of drag. They are Jerick Hoffer. So I believe it's actually Jinx Monsoon in drag, the whole drag persona that's going to be in the new Doctor Who. And I'm, yeah, I'm so excited. Brought my queer little heart some joy when I found out. So yeah, I'm all for that. And are these the David Tennant episodes? Or- I don't believe they're the special ones. I believe it's the one okay. with, the, with our new doctor from Sex Education. Yeah. Yeah. And Shooter Gatwa, his episodes. Yes. Fabulous. Well, thank you all very, very much. It's been a highly entertaining watch list. Hope you've enjoyed listening to it. We'll be back next week when we'll be talking about either Obsession or Colin from Accounts. We'll pick. <laughs> We'll decide on the WhatsApp group which one we're going to feature next week. It'll be one of those, probably, unless there's a late swell of enthusiasm for one of the other shows we've mentioned. Anyway, that's it. That's it from us. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.